ATB. Music Podcast. Get away with it. Was that? Was that? Was <laughs> oh, we've actually started. Yeah. Oh. The end. Thank you. Join us again Thank next you. time. Hey, what you missed? What, oh, what you missed in that dead, podcast was you missed us talking about the the, the new Depeche Mode album, uh, the the new Ed Sheeran album, uh, Stormzy. Yes, that was a good one. Um, a new Lauren Marlin album, uh, album by Alison Krauss, and the latest one Ryan Adams. So anyway, next time. <laughs> oh no, hang on. Oh, running order's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so Depeche Mode. All right, we're going straight in. Yeah, let's go straight oh, for God, it. We're we doing this cold. Um, Depeche Mode, Spirit. Are they going backwards, Pete? Uh, now, I must confess, as as a as a super fan of Depeche Mode, I've only listened to this a couple of times. Ooh. I know. What can I say? Um, I read a quote, and I think it was a quote that you forwarded me. Something along the lines of, "This is their best album since." And I, think, it isn't. and I think that the um, that spoilers. And I think the um, the the quote was "songs of faith and devotion." I can kind of see where that quote was going because I have, I think this is probably their most rock slash gospel album infused album since then. Um, but in terms of their best since, nah, no, this is this is not not their best since. Um, I've I still can't. I still don't know where I am with this one. Um, I really want to like it because, you know, as I mentioned, aforementioned, super fan. But in terms of uh, where it sits and and where the tracks sit and and how it feels as an album, I'm still I'm still finding my way. I'm struggling with this one, if I'm honest. It's it's really hard reviewing this particular record because um, you kind of know where it's going to go. And, and, and I could I could come back to you in a month or two and say, actually, yeah, best album of the year so far. Just took me a few more listens to really get into it, but then actually you think, well, I kind of hope for more by now. If that makes sense. Yes, sorry. Uh, Is that child again? It's that. It's the. the well, uh, we should get her to run in here, and while you're doing your interview, it's the background star that has been mentioned <laughs> to me for, uh, for, uh, by at least one listener. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the bloke on the BBC, get her to run in. Like, oh, yeah. Hello, Danny. Yeah, I think the the bloke on the BBC's children were slightly better behaved than mine. <laughs> Um, so okay so that's all the negative uh positive for me uh there are a couple of tracks in here that i really really sort of i found myself going into but uh oh God, i'm gonna go negative again all of a sudden um I, i'm just gonna highlight scum and um cover me yep. as, as my initial sort of feelings with regards to uh this this particular record um Oh dear! Yeah, it's angst-ridden this podcast, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of angst-ridden week we've had actually. <laughs> really? Insight into the, the personal life of one of the podcast leaders. <laughs> we all sweetness and light we without had, the sweetness. We had light. one of those a couple of weeks ago. It, it'll pass, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so no, no, so to be honest with you, um, those are probably my stronger tracks. Um, going backwards, actually, I quite like. And the other thing I would say about this record is. It's probably, I mean, their most political record. 
yeah. for about 30 odd years. Yeah. Uh, certainly since, you know, the lights of construction time again, which was an angst ridden record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to pause? <laughs> my, my I mean, I'm, su- I'm suggesting we leave all this in. <laughs> yeah. My question is for one second. Just pause. God, it was smooth. It's just like... Oh, it's just seamless. Yeah, it's almost like there hasn't been a 15-minute gap in between there. <laughs> uh, Whilst chaos ensues in my household. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so we were talking about Depeche Mode. Uh, and, yeah, you were talking about politics. Yeah, I was, I was, just, I was just thinking. I mean, into the tracks like Going Backwards and um, obviously Where's the Revolution, the lead single. Uh, and um, it was a theme that came back later on as well. In the second half of the album, it felt it felt this is very much the post Brexit, post Trump zeitgeist that they they've jumped on, and uh, well, not jumped on because this re- album's probably been been in the making now for about a year or so, but they've certainly picked up that angst that it seems seems to be in in our politics at the moment, and and if if one forgets, I guess that that you know their albums are probably known more for their sexual politics rather than the actual politics. I suppose so, yeah. Um, but they've actually gone gone back to some of the real sort of politicking uh, in the lyrics of this album, which I, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was an interesting take, actually. And um, clearly, they're finally growing up. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think kids does that to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, it's, it's an interesting rec- rec- record. I mean... It, Okay, it kind of starts off strong. Like, you're talking about going, going backwards, the West Revolution, and the worst crime, which I think is the, is is the song that's been growing on me, mm. uh, perhaps the most. The opening three tracks. Yeah. Um, and I have to confess, from, from then on, it the album kind of kind of struggles to really gain traction mm. for me, and I think partly because of the pacing. Because I think the next, if you take Scum out of it, the next kind of like four tracks are all very much kind of one paced. Um, if you listen to them individually, they they work fine. But as a, as as an album, I don't think it gels that that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, until until you and also what I think's missing is, um, whilst obviously Martin Gore's melancholy is still there, um, I think what's missing actually is more of the killer pop choruses that makes the earlier albums that have been referenced in several reviews mm. great. Uh, I, I think the closest you get to that is on So Much Love. Mm. I don't know, um, but when people are comparing it to So Much Love Devotion and uh, Violator and stuff, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. When you think about Violator, you've got Personal Jesus, Enjoy the Silence, the Pulse of the Truth. comparison too far. You know, clean, you're... clean and stuff like, <laughs> yeah, like that. You know, you just, <laughs> Just the, mel- the, mel- the melodies and the single- singleness of, the- of those tracks in itself, there's not really a much of that jumping out of this record for me. Um, interesting that, that uh, obviously, Martin decides to sing two songs. Yes. I mean, I'm presuming that's Penance well, for allowing Dave Gahan to contribute four tracks. Oh, co- co- co-written mostly with the other two members the other of the two. band yeah. that aren't really members of the band, yeah, yeah. except for touring. Yeah, uh, and I, the two, the two, the touring two. Um, I, it, he, I think he has sung a couple on the last couple of albums. What I think is different this time is is their sort of where they're positioned on the album. Perhaps it comes back to your point around sequencing. Mm. Is that is this the last track is one of them? 
Yes. And for me, that that just didn't feel right. Yeah. That he got the clothes out. I'm, I don't know. Unless unless they're trying to tell us something here, you know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they're probably the wrong people to ask about this. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, ideally, ideally hope this this isn't the final album, the final cut. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's uh, it's interesting. As I say, come back in a month or two. Um, I'll, I'll I will listen to this a hell of a lot more because obviously I will. But right now, I'm I'm a bit lost. I'm not yeah. feeling the spirit. I would probably concur at the moment, but at the moment, I'll probably listen to it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, right. Next up uh, is a man who probably doesn't really need our review one way or the other. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, uh, Ed Sheeran and his third album Divide, who is selling records like the bucket load, frankly. Um, and I think he's going to be ta- be the equivalent of Taylor Swift and Adele over the past four years as the person that's going to end up shifting the most records this year by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. Even at this stage of the year. Even now. Um, I'm tempted to review this album simply by uh, referring to a conversation this morning that I had with <laughs> said child who was screaming in background. Um, and apparently yesterday they had been asked in class by the teacher who their favourite uh, artist band was, uh-huh. children, and by far the biggest response was Ed Sheeran. Oh, really? This is a group of six and seven-year-olds. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> So I could stop just there and say, and on to the next album. <laughs> However, that is being unfair, both mm. to Ed and, and the record. Um, what to say about this? It's First of all, uh, uh, the posit- I'll do the pos- positives. Do the positives. I was it, too negative last time. Go on. It's not a bad record. However, it is a bit kind of... Hmm, you know, he does his rap thing, he does his pseudo Coldplay thing, he does his kind of Pharrell pop thing, mm. his wannabe Van Morrison thing. Mm. But the problem I, I, I have... Is that the bewitched thing? <laughs> no. Although, although, Philip, I was going to mention bewitched, strangely enough. Go on. Too, 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 too many songs for me are delivered in that same kind of what I call the Ed style, you know, that kind of that whole kind of singing rap mm. meter kind of thing with the plucky, slappy guitar line and modern drum beat, which is fine, the odd tragedy, but it does get a bit tiring uh, for me personally. Um, since you've brought up the, uh, the bewitched word, uh, let's, let's deal with that straight away. Deal with that one. Yeah, there is a track on the album called Galway Girl, and uh, to be fair to the, the chap, he does have family from uh, that part of Ireland. Um, sadly for... Uh, fans of Steve, Steve Earle, who's not a cover of Steve Earle's infinitely better <laughs> track of the same same title. Um, but I do. this is one of the times where I'm going to read a quote from the, the artist, because it amused me greatly, um, about the track. It said, uh, they, Warner Music, were really, really against Galway Girl, because apparently folk music isn't cool. But there are 400 million people in the world that say they're Irish, even if they're not Irish. You meet them in America all the time. I'm a quarter Irish, and I'm from Donegal. Yeah. And those type of people are going to fucking love it. My argument is always, well, the Coors song, 20 million records. The label will say, oh, the Coors, that was years ago. But who's tried since the Coors? There's a huge gap in the market, and I promise you in two years' time there'll be a big folk band that comes up that'll pop. I'm going to happen the result of labels being like, oh, shit, if he can put a fiddle and an Ullian pipe on it, we might as well try it as well. Yeah. Thanks for doing that to us, Ed. <laughs> yeah. The problem with this is, 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 is I, I say it's a song that references Van Morrison, 
And as you rightly said, yet bizarrely owes much more to Bewitched. Sailor V. Indeed, Sailor V. <laughs> and and the, the worst thing about that in itself is that the actual song, the music of the song is, is based on a uh, instrumental by a band called uh, Bioga, I think is their pronunciation, and from their 2011 album um, that it had been played by Foy Vance, who we've reviewed on this oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, and he liked the tune, and then got, they got together and they worked together, and they, they turned it into this song along with several other people, because there were nine people credited for writing the song. Um, however, if you listen to the original uh, instrumental, it's much more Irish, and this has been watered down to oh, yeah, its yeah. most bewitchedness. Yes, oh, of course. Um, yeah. And it's sanitised and very Irish, as opposed to Irish. Irish, yeah. Uh, and it does sum up the kind of main problem with the record, really. The, the, what you said there, sanitised, mm -hmm. is an interesting choice of word. I think my belief is... Um, I'm, I'm not going to knock him, because the guy's obviously found a... He's found a, a he's, he's talented. He can write songs. It seems nice enough bloke. For, I've seen him and stuff. Exactly, and um, you know he seems a nice enough bloke. And he's found he's found a niche, and he's he's clearly a talented guy. He's written songs for for like you know seventy artists out there at the moment that are not Ed Sheeran. Although interestingly, only two of the songs that are on the on the, of the twelve on the main but the album are just written by hmm. him and him alone. Yeah. The rest of it's all kind of co-writes. So co-writes, but you know he's a talented guy. He's got three albums in the top ten. Um, this album was already sold by the bucket load. Yeah, um, and we'll continue to. And it'll fill Wembley Stadium ten times over, um, whereas we'd struggle to fill fill a pub. Uh, um, but let's try that. But let's try that, yes. Uh, he, But you're absolutely right, he's sanitised. Uh, he's kind of found a, a corner of the market recently vac vacated by X Factor winners, yeah. where, you know, it's kind of safe guitar-led pop music that a few years ago some you know former baker or bin man or or god forbid lawyer would have appeared on x factor and 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 had a christmas number one and made a killing but would have been a very short-lived career yeah um you know and he's obviously he's cornered that market and he, he's raking it in and good luck to him um but it is it's very safe and i'm going to be hearing most of this record probably throughout the entire this this there probably be a few records I end up listening to more this year, vicariously through yeah. child listening to the various yeah, exactly. singles that come it, off it. It's going to so be I'm already, so I'm already pr pretty much can sing all the lyrics to "Castle on the Hill," for example. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and and um, another artist that's sort of also getting in on the act, but probably probably the edgier end of the same audience is Rag and Bone Man. I think. Yeah. You know, um, but not to take away anything from Rag and Bone Man because he's doing doing good stuff, but. This album, for me, was just very safe and consequently rather dull. That said, the track immediately after Galway Girl, Happier, had some rather entertaining lyrics in it. There are some... Yes, we should... Actually, that's right. We should, I should actually say that as well. There are some quite funny moments. Mm. Really, some funny moments on the song for that as well. New Man's got, also got some quite droll. Yeah, very droll. Um, yeah. Yes, not all bad. No. So let's get grinding. We were doing that. He sold another bucket load of records. Yeah, I know. No.
Let's get grimy. Gang signs and prayers. Stormzy. Mm. Wow. The uh, long-awaited debut album from. Uh, it feels like he's Stormzy. been around forever. It does. Yes, <laughs> he has really. It's just one of those things. Thinking, what do you mean? Only just releasing it's an album. Just got an album oh. out. Yeah. So, Sorry. was it worth the wait, Pete? Uh, yes. I. Oh, I mean, it's become a bit of a tradition on this podcast that as soon as we get a, you know, a half decent rap album, it's all right. Uh, um, yes, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm probably more in favour of the gang signs than the prayers. <coughs> yes, there are both. Forgive there are, me that there definitely are both, <laughs> both in abundance. Both are represented in abundance on this album in probably an equal measure. There's some really, some really good stuff coming out of that scene at the moment. And, I mean, we did, um, towards the end of last year, we did Gigs, yep. Landlord. I actually think Gigs, Landlord is a, is, is a darker, edgier record than this. Um, that's not to say I don't like this record, because actually I do. Um, for me, it, it, it's just, again, it's just, it's just honest, it's fresh. Um, it's, touches on all the things you, you it goes in all the places you expected a, a grime record to go it does yes um but it, it kind of it does it it kind of takes you with them i say them because there's so many collaborators on this yes it's not just him alone. yeah exactly but it kind of take he kind of take he takes you with him on this journey um and then there's this just that conflict running through it between the dark side and the light the the anger and the desire for peace um, yeah, really good. Yeah, I, I think it's a again, yes, it's an interesting record. I mean, it's, it's as, you, as you say, it, it is an album that does its kind of a gangster bit, and then its goddy bit, and uh, its hey, let's smoke some weed bit. <laughs> but then, surprisingly, also the hey, I've suffered from depression bit. Yes, yeah, indeed. Just not the kind of thing you expect no, to find in... No, not on this sort of... This, this kind of... Uh, no, not on this record at all. Um, but there it is. Uh, uh. So, and, so I quite like, I quite like the, 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 the mix and the, the kind of attempt of to being not just one album of, of something that's just on one, one, le- one level. Yeah. It doesn't always work, although, although bizarrely there's, uh, there's the song Blinded by Grace, part one and part two. Part one of which is quite, quite dreadful. Mm. Uh, um, part two of which is actually quite good yeah. when it gets really gospelly. Yeah. Um, part part one, too much of him actually trying to sing, and I think he'd be probably the first to admit that it's not. Good. There's probably a good reason why he's a rapper, not a <laughs> not a singer. He hasn't he hasn't got the best kind of singing voice. You ain't no rag and bone man, Stormzy. Mm, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but things like Big For Your Boots and uh, Cold and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, I think it's what's they, they, one towards the end of the song. That helped my it, it, hits, it hits a really... Lay Me Bear, I quite like it by the end. Uh, sorry to, to interrupt. It, yeah. it, it hits a really good run. I mean, first couple of open tracks, obviously. And then I think it hits a really good run, uh, tracks four through to ten. Um... For for me, I kind of it kind of it perhaps just goes on about ten minutes too long. Yes, it's the longest record yeah. of, the, of the podcast, but coming in at an hour, everything else is a bit much mm. shorter. This particular podcast. Yeah, I was, the interesting thing that I was reading, obviously, one of the uh, main co-producer on the album and, and was involved, I think, in most of the songs is um, um, Fraser T. Smith, who, who co-wrote "Set Fire to the Rain" 
with Adele. Yeah. Um, and also worked on Sam Smith's album. I don't think he produced it, but it certainly worked with Sam, Sam Smith. But more amusingly, he was he was the bloke back in the back in the day when um, <laughs> I know this is that kind of thing, isn't it? When Craig David first remember when Craig David first first came out, yeah, and he'd invariably crop up on programs doing acoustic versions of stuff with a bloke sat next to him playing oh, acoustic guitar. Yeah, that's him. That's Fraser T. Smith. That's Fraser T. Man Smith. Man with acoustic guitar. He yeah. was always there doing the. It's very... That's, that's interesting. So there's a, there's a good pedigree behind this. I think this is why it, it, it wins, perhaps wins over recent albums uh, that we've reviewed, like Gigs and others, is that there's that there's a stronger production value. Yeah, although steering it, this, it also made me wonder when the new Dizzy Rascal album would come out. Mm. Thinking, might have Dizzy back. Well. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, I liked it. <coughs> liked it a lot. Moving on, more uh, so than I thought. We're on to uh, the sixth studio album from Laura Marling, uh, Semper Firmina. Uh, this is definitely a record for me, for me where it was the third listen that, that uh-huh. changed it all for me. Oh, right. Um, first couple of listens, I was like, yeah, you know, all right, quite a minute, <laughs> but I wasn't, but I wasn't really sold on it. Um, but by the end of the third listen, mm-hmm. I was already into the fourth listen. And I have to say, I just love this record now. Really love it. Um, to be fair, I've been a fan of Marlins from day, day one. You have. To be fair, you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's been interesting to see, to see a, gr- a growth as, as, as an, an artist over that period. So whilst not losing the kind of... It's managed to develop without losing the kind of simple songwriting magic that I thought she had um, from day one. This is a much gentler album, though, it has to be said, than the previous album, 2015 short movie, which we reviewed, mm. which definitely had more of a um, alt-rock, electric guitar kind of vibe going going on in it. Um, I did wonder at that time whether that was the direction she was going off it, off yeah. it but clearly, clearly not, because reins it back in it's mm. very, apart from I think the final track mm. there's not really any electric guitar going on in this album it's very much a uh, acoustic thing with some strings and stuff I think the track the opening track Soothing is one of my favourite songs of the years year so far it has that kind of lovely kind of dual jazzy bass line thing going 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 on um, which reminded me of the Unthanks album that came out last year that also did a very good job of blending folk and jazz aspects wonderfully and then it kind of goes from there into a kind of multi-tracked vo- vocal thing that was reminding me of kind of Nick Drake Joni Mitchell kind of thing the valley and after that it's it's a mi- mixture of um folk tinged pop I mean wildfire uh kind of, kind of, yeah mm. and that kind of almost kind of Lou Reedy mm. kind of thing going on which is quite interesting or Lou, Lou Reed as as it would be channeled by Shelby Lynn perhaps um and yeah, it's it's an album. Like I said the first couple of listens, I wasn't get, wasn't getting it. Third listen, suddenly it all kind of fell into place. And um, this is the album. Over the last couple of days, I've had to stop myself listening to again, so I could listen to the other albums enough to express a view. That's all I have to say. I agree with most, if if all of that. Um, 
Don't Pass Me By was another track that I really like. And Wild, Wild Ones, I think oh. you just mentioned there is. Yeah. Um, Wild Ones, she actually did sound that sort of veneer of cool slipped slightly yeah. during that track. I don't know if you noticed. Even her accent seemed to slip as well a little bit, which I thought yeah, was, I thought, was I thought, quite I thought, amusing. Although I thought this was slightly less... I thought the last album did, did more slipping between mm. that kind of... Uh, West Coast and yeah, not, uh, as in West Coast of England and uh, versus West <laughs> exactly. Coast of America. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, this is uh, this is a very uh, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a solid album. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's an enjoyable album as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's 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 an easy going rather than an easy listening yes. record. Um, and it's very contemplative musically. Uh, and again, as you said, it's, it's not until the last track when it all sort of comes out and it comes out very loud again all of a sudden wakes, it shakes you up and wakes you up before the end of the album. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing to, more to add to that. It's, it's a good record, if you're a fan. Yes. Uh, so kind of sticking sort of with that, with that kind of move, move kind of. to... Yeah. Mm. Uh, the fifth solo album from Alison Krauss, uh, her first in eighteen years, um, which, is, which seems which seems odd, really, when you think of how, how um, ubiquitous, in a way, Alison Krauss is in, in in country music. But I suppose it's because you kind of forget that most of her output is with her band Union Station, as opposed to mm. as a, a solo artist. So this is like a collection of tunes um, that have mainly been made famous by other people over the years, so people like Brenda Lee, Willie Nelson, Glenn Campbell, Eddie Arnold, and so forth. Uh, it's a very short record. Yes. Uh, 34, 30, 34 minutes. Are there any pleasures to be had in it, Peter? Yeah, again, um, I perhaps didn't enjoy this one as much as I thought I might, as we've been on the country tip now for quite some time. This is true. Um, so I, th- I think it lacked the strength of some of the albums we've reviewed in the last 12 months that were uh, definitely country. Uh, that said, it's again, it's quite a nice record to have on. Um, I, it only dawned on me, I know it dawned on you quite late in the day, it dawned on me that, that most of these songs actually felt like covers yeah, as well. Um, and again, it was kind of a mild kind of country, sort of gently, gently. Yes. Musically, <clears throat> if you see what I'm saying. Um, there was nothing really, again, stood out for me. Probably I need to give it another listen. Uh, but at the same time, uh, nothing really stood out as bad about it, about this album. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of saying it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I knew, as I said, I, I recognised some of the, some of the songs on first listen because I um, kind of knew them from childhood, bizarrely. Some of them. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the op- opening track, um, "Losing Losing You," uh, I recognised because. Brenda Lee was played quite a bit in our household growing, growing up. And similarly, um, Gentle on My Mind. Mm. Um, I grew up with both the Glenn Campbell version of that and uh, Dean Martin's version of that, which is a superior version in my humble opinion. <laughs> uh, and because of, because of because of that, I, I, uh, that her version of that, that particular song didn't really work, work for me at all. Um, what Her version of Losing You, however... Did and I think actually the first couple of tracks on the album are where the album's the strongest. So that losing is the opening track, um, and then the follow-up track to that, which is a cover of bizarrely 
given that Adam Crouch often plays kind of bluegrassy type stuff, um, from an album called The Essential Bluegrass Album by the Osborne Brothers and Mac Wiseman. Uh, it's Goodbye and So Long to You, which is, I loved, because it, it, again, this is what Fresh Out gets, it kind of starts off in a kind of slightly country thing, and then, but then you've got the whole kind of jazz thing coming in, you've got kind of trumpet and thing going, going, going on, and I thought it was actually a surprising arrangement of a song by somebody who actually was more, would be more inclined naturally to record the original version of it as, the, as it was sounding, rather than the version that you just hear. Um, so I quite like that. So as you say, it's not a great record by any means, but it's, it's a solid, solid collection. As you, as you say, if you've got it, got it on, you're not going to be able to dash to kind of turn it off. It rattles through quite quickly. Yeah. So, finally, uh, we come to 16th al solo album from uh, Ryan Adams. Um, this is the DI4CE album. <laughs> uh, interestingly, because a couple of years ago we reviewed his self-titled uh, album, which came out just as he was splitting up with um, Mandy Moore, mm. his demo, uh, who incidentally stopped recording music, but check out her albums that came out the 2000s, Coverage, Wild Hope and Amanda Lee. All really good records. Just an aside. And she also covered Todd. Ping. <laughs> then again, so does Alison Craig. Yeah. Ping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we both uh, were big fans fans of the previous uh, Mr. Adams record. Yeah. Rec record. He's and, like, I am. Yeah, and um, it was a, a very strong set of commercial alt rock tunes. And I think this record pretty much continues on from where that record left off, pretty mm. much. Um, the tone of the record lyrically has obviously changed because most of the songs certainly do deal with um, breakup and love gone wrong and stuff like that. Um, but in a fairly even-handed way, I kind of thought lyrically. It didn't, it didn't seem to be a kind of playing a blame game type, type thing. It seems to be, yeah, I did things wrong, you did things wrong couldn't find a way to work it out, kind of things. Um, and I think this is a really, really strong record. Again, it's again, comes in at 40 minutes, rattles through. Um, hints of, as you might expect, hints of Bruce Springsteen in there occasionally, hints of the Smiths, who he's a, fan, who he's a big fan of, particularly on the title track, Prisoner, had that mm. kind of particularly musically kind of thing that you could have imagined the Smiths doing, if not vocally. Mm. Um, Lyrically, are things like "Shiver and Shake." It's quite one of the more moving lyrics on the uh, on on the record, and yeah, I think it's just a, a record that, again that gets better on on, on each li li listen. I'm not sure if it's better than the than the previous one yet, but it's it's certainly up there. I think. Yeah, great. This is a very strong record. Very strong, um, and and of of the selection here, probably the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Uh, it's he's on a roll, and with the previous album, uh, the uh, eponymously titled Ryan Adams, uh, and not forgetting, of course, the awesome <laughs> cover album. <laughs> Indeed, yes, there was just there was two Ryan Adams albums uh, yeah. a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Taylor Swift's um, what's the name of the record? 
Oh God, it yeah. escapes me. You know, the last yeah. album by Taylor Swift that was huge. Um, this is uh, yeah. This is he's, he's, he's certainly musically on a roll, and uh, and you're absolutely right. If if this is the divorce album, okay, yes, you would know because there's lots of songs about heartache and breakup on here. But yeah, you wouldn't know because it's not it's not a bile filled record or a, no. or a settling the score record, which you might have expected even from him one time maybe. Um, this is this is a very musically balanced lyrically balanced album um with i think some of his strongest work on yeah yeah i know and i think fans rhino obviously love it um i think that actually this could this could be an album that opens him up to new fans as well uh which when you think of where he is in his career six six sixteen yeah solo albums down down the road that's pretty impressive well, it is, because it means he's already surpassed the, uh, late, the, late, the Lazy Bastards of Depeche Mode. They've only released 14. They've only managed 14 in 30-odd years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty awesome turnaround. But to be turning out records of this quality, um, I mean, yeah, re- really, really cool. Um, really enjoyed this record. Yeah, uh, I agree as well. It's, it's, it's my, my album of the, of the podcast. It's my album of the podcast too. Uh, Stormzy comes in not far behind. Laura Marlin just just behind, just behind for me, yep. as it were. And Depeche Mode could do better. Could do better, but we'll see. May may creep up you as the year goes on. May creep up as the year goes on. Right, that's it. Time to go and strangle a child. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. My child is now quiet and well behaved. That's all. Uh, John Kenner. The only thing we'll be strangling is a couple of craft beers. Good night.